0: So there are certain things that we will do and certain things we will not do and we find the loyalty is there, the client experience is strong and the clients love us because they really see through who we are and the fact that we do stand for them.
1: Listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay, a podcast that empowers financial brand marketing, sales, and leadership teams to maximize their digital growth potential by generating 10 times more loans and deposits. Today's episode is part of the Digital Growth Journeys series, where James Robert uncovers and explores some of the industry's biggest digital marketing and sales stories of success. Let's get into the show.
2: Greetings and hello. I am James Robert Lay and welcome to the 62nd episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Digital Growth Journey series and I'm excited to welcome Carrie Ann Benton Stimson to the show. Carrie Ann is the CMO of the JMMB Group in Jamaica. She's a public speaker and host of the Internal Marketing Podcast. Carrie Ann believes that marketing cannot be successful without first having a strong employee engagement and brand advocacy perspective hello Carrie Ann and welcome to the show
0: Hi, James. Thank you so much for having me. It's my absolute honor to be here with you today.
2: It is good to be with you with you today as well. And, you know, I think back to the first time that you and I met, it was 2014 at the Financial Brand Forum in Las Vegas.
0: Absolutely. So we were about 13 years old at the time.
2: <laughs> we were. We were 13. I like maybe 14, but no. Yeah. I like that. And, and, and you had attended, it was a content marketing workshop. And I remember recently you'd shared on, on LinkedIn. It was the, it was the binder or the workbook that you took home. My gosh, how time has flown by.
0: Yeah. And I still have it in the age of digital. Still, I still have that binder or the, the hard copy is still in my folder.
2: <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting that you say that. Cause one of the things that I found over the years is the more that we can Make the intangible tangible you know and 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 even down to like taking notes and writing there's something that is and dare I say magical that happens when you put pen to paper when an idea a thought goes from your brain through your arm to your hand and goes through the pen to paper, something special does happen because you you are bringing whatever that thought is literally into reality so I think there's something there to, to keep that, you know, when we look at, at everything that's going on right now, I, I just want to start the conversation with what you're excited about, what you're energized about that you're working on right now.
0: Well, what I'm really excited about, to be honest, James, is what's taking place currently in our industry with the advent of COVID-19. So we're just about a year into the pandemic. And as a marketer, I think what I'm most excited about, which was brought about by what lifestyle shifts had to occur because of the pandemic, lockdown, quarantine, what have you, is just re-engagement about just how important your brand is. Mm. Because marketers, uh, for many years, probably from the beginning of time there was always this struggle about what's the value that marketing brings and 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 while we recognize and acknowledge as marketers that contribution to the bottom line to profit marketing that's what we're all about we're here to make the company make money But that debate between what we call performance marketing versus brand marketing has become more hotly contested over the last few years and to the detriment probably of brand marketing because it was always kind of difficult I guess to always prove the value that brand marketing would have brought to the table and how exactly it contributed to the bottom line. But with the pandemic, what we've realized is that brand is what people tended to turn to. So again, in the age of lockdown and quarantine and all the financial challenges that everybody was facing, the word empathy has come up so often. and empathy was brought out in well what are the brands that are just dis- are, are exhibiting that empathy what are the brands that I can trust what are the brands that I can do business with and know that they're not going to take me for a ride and so those who really weren't in the brand game felt it and for those who could have taken advantage of the opportunity to really double down on their brand is what I believe was a big win for those companies who were able to do that and for me that's exciting and that's what I'm looking forward to building even more on throughout
2: 2021. You you brought up a key point and I want to come back to it. You said brand is what people turn to. And really the antithesis to uh, of brand marketing to your point is performance marketing. And when you think about the traditional financial brand executive, that's what their expectation is. I do X, I get Y. But brand marketing... You don't necessarily see a direct correlation between X and Y. It might also be like, I do X and then, you know, A, B, C, D has to happen before I see a result at F. How can you have a conversation as a leader, as a marketer with those who might have the expectation of performance marketing? But to your point, I do see the value of brand marketing because people turn To brands that they know, they like, they trust.
0: Yeah. And The first thing I like to remind folks in our industry is why is it that people choose a financial institution, a bank, investment company, credit union to do business with? And the main reason is because there has to be trust there. I mean, yeah, you can give a great interest rate on a loan or on a deposit, what have you. But if they don't trust that you're solid, that you know what you're talking about, if they don't trust that when they give you their hard-earned money, they can go back tomorrow and see it, you're dead in the water from the get. Go And so trust is huge. And how do you engender trust is actually through the brand. And that's always my key point to all of our banking executives and financial executives listening is that if you don't have a brand that folks can lean into and trust, you're going to have a problem. And so it's really brand that drives performance because if you don't have that brand, people are not going to choose you. They're not going to refer you to their loved ones because word of mouth is still huge, whether we like it or not. It's really about the brand. So have that as your foundation and that's a great start to a winning formula to great performance.
2: I like what you said. You Yes, you can have a great interest rate, but if that is the... If price, for example, is the sole decision-maker of a consumer, unfortunately, that is going to be a transactional relationship, one that that will probably not last a lifetime. Uh, on the other side you know, we're looking for trust. Consumers are looking for trust and that trust is delivered through an empathetic, positive brand experience. And let's talk about what you're doing right now at JMMB, you know, this idea of, of what I call banking on purpose. This has been a really big area of study. It's been a big area of focus. I see this as a tremendous area of opportunity for financial brands to this point that we're talking about, to rise above the commoditized positioning, the commoditized promotion of, hey, we have this these great rates and we have some amazing service, but you're doing something deeper with this idea of banking on purpose. Can you can you dive into that for us?
0: Oh, with pleasure. Well, just for folks who don't know, at JMMB, we're just under 30 years old, right? We're headquartered in Jamaica, in the Caribbean, and we have operations across the Caribbean, primarily in Trinidad and Tobago and, and in the Dominican Republic as well. And our vision as an organization was about how do we empower the everyday individual to achieve their financial goals so we would have started at the time as a small boutique money market broker uh, that was set up again to give access to the everyday jamaican at the time because we started in jamaica to achieve their financial goals because at the time not everybody could have had access to the money market but since then we've grown so much from that and the word love is at the core of who we are and the reason why is that it's not not a brand that we ever sat down in a room, you know, with pen and paper and post-it notes and said, okay, what's the positioning and the purpose of what we do? Love is actually who we are at the very core because one of our co-founders of Blessed Memory, Joan, Isabel Duncan, unfortunately, she's no longer with us. She passed um, many years ago. But her vision was not only to empower the, uh, the average in everyday person to achieve their goals, but she really believed in the equality of all human beings. Every human being is the same was how she believed it, irrespective of your race, ethnicity, background, what have you. And she believed that every individual had greatness within them. And how do you unleash that greatness? Is through the power of love. Showing love to individuals in a way that allows them to realize the greatness in themselves and to achieve that. And so that's our purpose. It is love. It's through showing love to our clients, in terms of how we serve them, how we empower them, how we engage them, love to our team members in a way that allows them to realize the greatness in themselves. And that's who we are. And our tagline, your best interest at heart sums it all up. Yeah.
2: So I, I love this idea of banking on purpose of really injecting love as a central theme or thesis of of your positioning, of of your purpose that goes beyond the promotion of rates and the transactional of dollars and cents. I'm looking here even on on your website. The JMMB team is clear that the organization is based on unconditional love and mutual respect. I mean, if we even go back to the ancients and and, and think of, you know, what is love? Love is more than an, an emotion. Love is a choice. Love is to will the good of another person. And when you think about this idea, we have what I would call the traditional banker's brain, which is a very smart brain. It's very logical. It's rational. It deals with numbers and sense. But on the other side, we have the consumer's brain, which is more emotive driven. I can see how this type of positioning, this type of purpose emotionally connects to build trust with people in your communities, how do you reconcile that banker's brain versus the consumer's brain, the analytical versus the, the emotional?
0: Yeah, that that's a great question. And uh, first of all, I'd like to say that uh, to underscore your point about choice and love being a choice for us too. Our purpose is a choice in the sense that throughout the years we've always stuck with that purpose because we recognize too that it drives business decision making, but it can also impact our bottom line. You know, my CEO will say all the time that because of our purpose, there are certain things as a bank we won't do, as a financial institution we won't do. There are certain fees we won't charge, you know, so we don't and won't charge clients to come into the branch to do a transaction with a teller because they chose not to do it online because it's your money and that's what we call a nuisance fee and we're not going to do that. That's just not who we are and we don't believe that that's having the client's best interest at heart. But that being said, it means that we're going to have to make decisions around, well, we just, or maybe our fee income won't be as high as some other institutions. But at the end of the day, we still choose that because that is who we are. And what we realize, James, is that having made that decision, the clients see that, they know that, they feel that. And when you do that, they will come. They will come. So, there are certain things that we will do and certain things we will not do. And we find the loyalty is there, the client experience is strong, and the clients love us because they really see through who we are and the fact that we do stand for them. And it's been a wonderful experience for us so far.
2: I'm glad you brought that point about, you know, this idea of purpose. It is a North star. It provides us with direction. It provides us with accountability of what we'll do and what we won't do. Because when we put people at the center of all of our thinking and all of our doing, that's a transformative exercise in and of itself, because it is willing the good of another person. And when I think about this idea of living out, out the purpose there's been a lot of talk in this industry for the past really i would say three to four years about cx about customer experience but you're taking a different perspective you're taking a different approach you're taking a different focus because you believe there's a need to To invest in not just the customer experience but really the employee experience uh, you know framed around employee marketing employee advocacy because employee marketing employee advocacy will be a key driver for future growth even digital growth why why is that why do you believe that
0: Well, at the core of it, again, it's a service we provide. Uh, It's a relationship, essentially. So you you talk about, yeah, what we provide in terms of accounts and and investments and deposits and loans. They're pretty much intangible. So at the core of what we do is a service. It's It's about a relationship. And when you talk about a brand that's centered on love, and you talk about having that purpose, which is really very people-centric, then first of all, we can't win without our people. And our people need to be engaged and empowered in a way that allows them to deliver on that vision of love, which is what you were reading from earlier, the vision of love that we say we have towards our clients and towards the wider community. And so, if we don't enroll them, if we don't engage them, if they're not feeling the love, first of all, internally, that's a problem. And then, secondly, if they're not empowered to be able to deliver that love and 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 that that experience to the customer, then that's a problem. So for us, employee experience is huge. You know, we've won awards and acknowledgement for being a great place to work. Our employee benefits as a company is one that makes us one of the choice places that folks want to work with, because we really do believe in the power of love being extended to our people internally as much as we do to our customers.
1: deposits. Now back to the show.
2: As you mentioned before, this idea of banking on purpose, banking on love is to help everyone experience love and to realize the greatness in themselves so you're elevating your internal team members to grow from good to great to reach their full potential and I think of other organizations that have made this investment in a digital world has become a, a key differentiating factor the The late Tony Shea, for example with Zappos you know everything that we've we've learned from from delivering happiness how are you delivering love to your employees you gave a couple of examples but let's let's go a little bit deeper into some of of those, the practicality of, of not just saying we believe in we're banking on love, but applying that to the employee experience first, because then they can de- deliver that to the customer.
0: So I would put it, put that in probably two big silos. So the first silo of course is in the, in the types of benefits that we offer to our team members. And, and when you talk about uh, free childcare, Mm. You talk about a health and wellness center on, on campus where we provide all the equipment and the classes from yoga to kickboxing, which is all part of the package. You don't pay for that. You're talking about a culture that's, that's that's a very open door policy, a very flat structure, not a lot of layers. Just so many things that go into how do you create a space that people feel valued and loved is is one thing in terms of the benefits that we provide as an organization but i put a post up recently to let people know and and i think this is probably the best part you spoke about how passionate we are about helping our team to realize their greatness one of the things we do as an organization is especially is that we recognize that you know even if your dream is not to retire at jmmb that's okay suppose your dream is to start your own business or to have a side hustle We actually support that in spirit. You know, just the other day, we did a virtual online small business expo that was solely dedicated to some of our employees who have side businesses and side hustles. And they came on and showed what they were doing. Some they're in different things. Some of them are selling, some of them are artists, some of them are photographers sharing their services. And we put them on show and use wow. the JMB's platform for them to sell themselves, promote themselves. And people are like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but again, this is what it's all about. It's about how are we pouring into our people to help them realize their greatness? And it's, it's, it's just, I mean, you don't get any better than that, in my view, as a, as a company.
2: Absolutely not, because once again, you're elevating them, and I think the world that we're living in it allows to have these side hustles because we're not defined by one type of activity or, or one type of work. I think the more diversified that we are in our lives, the more rich those lives are. And you you know, to, to hear what you're talking about about the, for example, the the, the free childcare uh, that's really big for the family perspective. You're talking about the health and the wellness that's really big for fitness. And you're delivering on, on what I know as the five F's of life, which are faith, fitness, family, friends, and then also finances. And so you're empowering in all of these different areas to elevate the team so that they can elevate the customers of jmmb thinking about this idea of employee marketing employee advocacy which which i predict that over the next two to three years will be just as big if not bigger ex will be bigger than cx particularly in a digital world what is a common belief in the industry that you passionately disagree with what do others think about employee advocacy that they might you might disagree with them on
0: well you know james i i personally disagree well let me tell you what it is and i'll tell you why i disagree so i find that a lot of companies in our industry are reluctant to engage our employees in advocacy because they're concerned about dilution of the brand or the employees Mm. perhaps going rogue (laughs) and saying things that are inconsistent with the official brand voice you know and 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 that's a valid concern, I'm not gonna, I'm not, gonna not validate it. But the, the point of the matter is why I disagree with that is that at the end of the day, I always believe marketing is still human to human. And statistically, it's factual. All of the messages that go out via your official brand channels do not reach as far or enjoy the same depth of engagement as those same messages being shared by your employees, by people. People trust people. People prefer to engage with people. And so for me, I think that brands need to, yeah, we need to recognize that having employees as a central or certainly very important part of our brand message distribution strategy is is very very important and you're gonna get that through advocacy and there's really no need to be concerned because first of all I think there's an opportunity to mitigate against some of those concerns with your typical policies and procedures but what it also does is it gives your employees the opportunity to be as authentic as possible which again drives to the heart of what we want to show as a brand that empathy that concern that people connection and so i that's why i would disagree with that
2: yeah people do trust people people do do business with people and it's in this digital world the more that we can i even see the opportunity to empower to coach our team members to build up their own personal brands that's a transformative experience. But yes. but fear fear holds so many back from making those investments. And and I going to come back to a story that, that that I think you could touch on here, but how can you help those who might fear empowering employees to become digital brand advocates? Because I truly believe in this digital world, the individual brand has the potential to be even more powerful than the corporate brand. Scary thought for some, how do you address that fear?
0: Well, for me, James, I I, first of all, I'm a bit of a realist in, in certain respects, and I believe that ultimately people work for themselves. They don't work for your bank. They don't work for your FI. They work for themselves to earn money to feed themselves and their families. And so to the extent that you can identify what's in it for me, for them, for the employees is the first thing. I think we need to recognize that our employees are people who are desirous of looking for ways to grow their income generating potential and One of the best ways to do that is through building a personal brand. And again, organizations need not be scared of that because not only is there a benefit to the employees and happy employees stay with you, they understand, they they trust you as a company, they see you as a company who, as we say in JMB, they are standing for their greatness, they're taking a stand for the greatness that is within them. But what it also does is there's a spin-off benefit to the brand as well, the company brand, because if you're filled with a ton of happy employees who are engaged and empowered and, you know, talking about how great it is to work with you and then they're they're being your advocates externally, let me tell you, I mean, it saves a ton of money on that marketing. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. I, I, I really encourage organizations to do that.
2: I think you're hitting on a key point and now the dots are starting to connect for me of even this idea of building a a brand, building a purpose, banking on love, if you will. It really is about willing the good of another person because to your point, that other person, the team member, the employee, they're looking to, to build a life for themselves, for their families and you're empowering them. I love the example of, uh, of, of of the business summit of, of helping to promote the businesses, the side hustles of your team members. And I want to come back to this point about building a personal brand, because you shared a very, very uh, powerful post on LinkedIn where you had shared, you see, I thought an executive like me didn't need a mentor, didn't need a coach, I was wrong. After all, it's the execs that do the mentoring. Right. And you said wrong again. And then something happened two years ago when a mentor relationship crossed your path. Can you pick up that story for us?
0: Sure. No problem. So yeah, you're right. Uh, here I am, the executive of a company. I'm the CMO. So I've been probably mentoring people all over the place. And I had the opportunity to meet and engage with Paul Carrick Brunson, who is a LinkedIn top voice, uh, especially in the area of entrepreneurship. And we had him as a guest at an event. He was a keynote speaker at an event that JMMB was doing. I had the opportunity to meet him. And while um, he's probably marketing minded, he's not in my industry. He's not in my functional area, but the experience was powerful in terms of all of the nuggets and the wisdom that I was able to get from that interaction. And then uh, being a part of a mastermind group that he formed a few months later, I was really struck by all of the things that not only was I learning from him, but through the interaction. and And I mentioned in the post that one of the th- things great things that a mentor does is not only are they necessarily just imparting information but they help you to see in yourself what you need to see not what you want to see and for me that was that was what hit home and he sent me a whatsapp message and I still keep a copy of that message where he expressed a fear that he had he said you know Karen, yeah, you're doing great with jMmb brand and you're the CMO but what about your brand and he said specifically your largely undiscoverable on social media I can't find you um, it's, unless it's Jim and B related what are you doing to build your own personal brand and I had imposter syndrome I didn't think I was good enough um, this is crazy and he said you know you have too many years of experience and value to bring to so many people why are you silent and uh, after about a year <laughs> I finally took up the call you know and discovered you know the area of internal marketing so many people need to be talking about that more. There are so many experiences in my life that I can share and pour into others with. And I just took the leap and dusted off my LinkedIn account and um, set up a Twitter account. And and even on on Instagram on a more personal blog basis. And it's really just been a wonderful journey. And so I've been, been encouraging people, connect with someone who can see in you what you perhaps didn't see in yourself and who can tell you what you need to hear.
2: Well, I think this idea of coaching, it's, you know, it's something that I wish personally I would have had for myself. I almost lost my family, my wife. And at the time we had two kids because I was, I couldn't see what I couldn't see. I was stuck in the bottle, if you will. And I got my first advisor back in 2012 and since that time have made a commitment that I invest, I invest a lot of money back into coaching because to your point, they help you see what you can't see. They help you get unstuck. And it's one of those, it's almost like this, this virtuous cycle of empowerment to where we, we all rise, a rising tide raises all ships. And I think that's, that's an interesting point because when we think about the brand voice versus the employee voice, it's a, it requires a mindset of abundance that there's enough for every, for, to go around for everyone versus a mindset of scarcity. How can, how can bankers overcome the limitations in their mind, the limitations of the past to deal with all of the changes that are just going on around us right now?
0: Wow, that's a great question. I I think it comes down to what it is that, an, as an organization, w- what are you really looking to achieve and recognizing that you can't be looking at what others are doing? You know, I had a great conversation the other day with Lonnie Haywood, who was the former head of marketing at Umqua Bank, right? Same financial brand forum, right? And um, Umqua Bank, which started off as a small community bank, have done very well for themselves. And it has a unique, awesome brand story. Is still very successful. And the thing is, they're clear. They probably will never be Bank of America. And then they'll probably tell you that we don't want to be Bank of America with due respect to Bank of America. That's just not their space. They've created a unique identity for themselves that that has been hugely successful. And again, going back to your point about the mindset of abundance, is that you can still be. Hugely successful based on where you are. Same thing with JMB. Uh, not every bank can be positioned, or financial institution can be positioned on love, and that's okay. Not everybody will. Every customer will do business with us. Because of love, maybe their purpose doesn't align with ours. That's okay. We're still successful. We're still delivering awesome ROI and shareholders' equity. It it is what it is. And so that's my encouragement to executives based on your purpose and that North Star, just lean into that, own it, don't be afraid of it, and align yourself with the right segments to be able to succeed in that because there's more than enough opportunity for folks to succeed in whatever space they're occupying.
2: If I could just summarize that, it all comes down to one word, it's clarity, clarity Clarity of purpose, getting really clear of why we're here, both as an organization, as a brand, but then also as an individual, because clarity is the antithesis to confusion, which this world is ripe with confusion right now. And people are looking for a light a path to guide them out of that darkness. And when Absolutely. we get really clear, transformations begin to happen. Carrie Ann, what a wonderful conversation today. Thank you so much for joining me. If people want to continue this conversation with you, which I, I highly recommend that they do, you mentioned LinkedIn, you mentioned your podcast uh, as well. What is the best way for them to reach out, connect with you, say hello?
0: Well, I'd say the best way is on LinkedIn. So I'm on LinkedIn, Carrie Ann benton Stimson, and I'm also on Twitter. Same name. Carrie, well, Carrie A. Stimson. You know, Twitter kind of keeps it kind of tight with the tags. Um, but I'm on both platforms and I'm on there every single day, multiple times a day. So feel free to reach out. And again, I just started my podcast, the Internal Marketing Podcast. It's on all the major podcasting platforms. I release an episode every couple of weeks. So I encourage folks. To tune in, subscribe, share, and comment and join the conversation. I'd be happy to link with anyone.
2: Thank you very much, Carrie Ann. I second that. Follow Carrie Ann, listen to Carrie Ann, learn from Carrie Ann. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Banking on Digital Growth. As always, and until next time, be well, do good, and wash your hands.